Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're broadcasting today at Husker Harvest Days in the Fontenelle booth. Lots of activity out here at the show once again today. A great Wednesday, great busy Wednesday. And no surprise, folks talk a little bit about what's happening in the market trade. We saw some higher numbers on the grain side, took a dip on the livestock side. We're going to get all the details. I'm excited to have sitting next to me Mark Gold. Mark, of course, with Top Third. You can hear Mark on the early mornings with us on one of our stations within the network. And, and Mark, first of all, welcome to Husker Harvest Days. Extremely busy for you as folks stop by talking to you about the markets, obviously talking about the WASDE report of yesterday. So I think that's where we'll start. Kind of give us your feel now that you've had like 24 hours to digest those numbers. Well, I thought the corn was a little bit bearish, you know, 100 million more bushels than we were expecting. But the corn actually didn't act terrible yesterday. Came back, closed about three and a half cents. Actually, the D's corn was up five and three quarters cents here today. Not a bad comeback considering the report. Uh, the beans, which were under heavy pressure yesterday, down about 22, came back to actually close higher here today. They were up uh, four and a quarter cents. So we had a little bit of a comeback today. I thought the report, frankly, was friendly on the beans. The numbers weren't that friendly compared to what they were looking for. But still, it's showing us the trend that the USDA has been stair-stepping down the soybean carryout over the last couple of months. They started way too high. And I think they're just going to keep dropping it. I think their yield at 50.1 is too high. I think we're much closer to 49 than anything else. Uh, the reports I hear from all over the country, there's a lot of beans that look pretty good from the field. When you get in it and you look at the pods, the pods aren't full. They're BBs. Um, so I just don't believe the, And that's all over the country. Even in good places like Illinois, they're having some problems. So overall... I think the report was kind of neutral to a little bit bearish, but I like the way the wheat closed up here today. Uh, I think that was impressive. We, I think we put in a low on the wheat market. I'm not sure about the corn and beans yet. The beans right now, we're seeing the funds liquidate a lot of beans, meal, and oil. I think once they get done in the next week or two, I think that'll be the time maybe to buy back some call options. Uh, same thing in the corn. We're coming to the seasonals right now. We're... It's probably going to be a little bit cheaper over the next two weeks. And then I think maybe we're going to see a little bit of a bounce back. So looking at the, the wheat side of things, they've had so much outside influence globally that it's no surprise that maybe we maybe have finally seen a bottom, even though we don't know what's going to happen with, with shipments coming out of, for example, the Black Sea region. I know Australia's been having issues as well. Yeah, Australia's been very dry, very hot. Argentina's had some heat and some dry weather. It actually looks like it may be moving north into Brazil as well. So we don't have those crops certainly in the bin by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, looking at the Black Sea region, you know, as far as I can tell, the Ukrainians are doing a pretty darn good job out here. They just sent a bunch of cruise missiles into uh, one of the ports on the Baltic Sea, did a lot of damage there. Uh, yeah, the Russians are going to get backed up by the North Koreans. I mean, how sad is it for the Russians that they've got to go to North Korea to get ammo? I mean, it's just ludicrous but it is what it is what worries me about that situation in the baltic sea is everywhere they turn the russians are getting embarrassed and at some point does putin say okay i've been playing with the small ammo now i'm going to go to the big stuff and the big stuff is certainly not something we want to see any country use and if that happens the wheat will all the grains will go through the roof if he does something really stupid. 
And frankly, I think he's getting his back pushed into a corner. I think he'll frankly be lucky to survive the next year. But if he does, it'll be out of desperation, and I think that's not good. And, you know, long term, we've had some markets in the beans, uh, in the wheat rather, that uh, we keep making new lows. But in just in the last two days, we've started to come back. Looks like maybe a low's in. And I like the wheat market here. The funds are still short, 70,000, 80,000 contracts a week. So I think that's a positive long term. What about from the, from the export picture as we look at uh, both corn and beans? Some say we might be losing the U.S. popularity when it comes to what's happening in Brazil and them to push more of their crop onto China, that we may be sitting here waiting. Well, you know, they cut the bean carryout uh, yesterday, but they increased the exports. Excuse me, they decreased the exports by about $35 million. Now, if they hadn't cut those exports, the carryout would have been south of 200 million bushels, and the USDA just doesn't want to print a number that low. I don't think we're losing that many bushels. I think China's going to want our beans. I think uh, Vietnam's going to want our beans. I think Thailand's going to want our beans. I think there's a bigger, better market out there other than just the Chinese. So I think they've overestimated how much we're going to lose out here, and I don't think it's going to be as bad, which tells me that that carryout If we get it anywhere near 160, we're looking at hand-to-mouth kind of rations there, and that's way too cheap for where we're at right now. So then the next question is, we know the combines are rolling. What do we do with this grain? Do we store it? Do we, we sell it off the combine? What's the feeling, and what are you hearing from folks here at Husker Harvest Days when they look at that grain potential? Well, for the most part, farmers are going to do what they always do, which is stick it in the bin and hope and pray. Uh, or they'll stick it in the bin and they'll look at the carry in the market and they'll say, well, there's some carry in the market. Let's, let's do that. Well, that's fine if they do that. But in actually, they have to capture the carry, which means they actually have to go sell that deferred contract to lock in that carry. A lot of farmers just put in, oh, there's carry in the market. But unfortunately, what happens over time is that carry bleeds out of the market. So if they do decide to store it, I would go get a contract March or May, get a deferred contract, capture that carry, and then I would look at buying call options to replace those sales. All right, when we come back, folks, we've got a lot more coming up here at Husker Harvest Days with the Fontenelle Final Bell. We come back, what's your marketing plan? We're going to talk about maybe going back to the basics. Are you really thinking this out as your combines get ready to roll? Let's take a look at some, some market movers and what's happening on the cattle side. Stick around. We've got more coming up from Husker Harvest Days. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Husker Harvest Days is here. Please join us one final year in the Fontenelle Hybrids Tent at the show September 12th through the 14th near Grand Island. There's plenty to talk about, including the merger into the new Channel C brand, our proven performance potential, and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. So stop and see Fontenelle at Husker Harvest Days. The same local commitment with new possibilities. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. Welcome back now to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Of course, we are in the Fontenelle booth here at Husker Harvest Days. And joining me in person is Mark Gold again. Mark, as we look at what's happening in the trade, we kind of left off about talking about what do we do with these grains when you're combining bins, uh, do we sell it? But I think even before you get to that, We've got to go back to the basics and have some sort of marketing plan in place, especially in the volatility that we've been seeing in these markets. 
You know, as much as I've preached over the last 25 years that farmers have to have a plan, and I'll go to any meeting if there's 100 people in the meeting, I'll ask, how many of you actually have a marketing plan for this year's crops? And maybe two or three out of 100 will raise their hand. You know, unfortunately for so many years, a marketing plan has been, well, we'll stick it in the bin till prices get better, and they hope for higher prices in the spring. Unfortunately, that doesn't work all that well that many years. In eight out of ten years, they're most likely going to lose money, plus what it costs them to store the grain. So, in general, we're not a big fan of storage. This year, for the first time in several years, you've got carry in the market. So, from December to March, or from November to March, or out to May, you've got enough to pay for the storage at least. So, that can be a strategy. You put the grain in the bin, but in order to capture that carry, like I said, you have to actually go out there and sell that deferred contract. So once you do that, then part of your marketing plan is you've got the grain sold. You'll deliver it in March or May. Buy a call option back to keep the upside open on those bushels you've sold. Particularly when we're on this big of a break in the grain prices. You know, corn's going from 750 to 5 bucks. Beans have gone from 16 down to 13 and a half. We're on a pretty good break here. I'd want to re-own those bushels that I have sold. So what is the, the main reason that we're not seeing marketing plans utilized more? Is it the fear of the unknown to emotion tied to the grain? You know, every year farmers have uh, more, more choices and, you know, I'm going to do it the way granddad did it and granddad told my dad and my dad told me this is how you do it. Well, you know, there's probably some pretty good advice in there. But one thing that we know is that most farmers store grain hoping for higher prices in the spring, and that just doesn't work in general. The last two years it worked fine because prices went up in the spring. You had a great year. What we've seen over, over the years, in any 10-year decade you want to look at since 1950, you get about two bull years every 10 years. Well, we've had our two bull years this decade, and I'm not sure that we're not going to be in for a little bit tougher times. But that doesn't mean every year in those eight years that aren't great that you don't get good opportunities to market grain. And you need a marketing plan in place before that happens to set some goals and to be willing to sell some grain on higher prices because every year the market has rallies. Every year. So I heard some chatter today here at Husker Harvest Days, and it was a cattle guy saying, right now I feel like now is the time for me to be putting cattle in my feedlot and doing some feeding seeing the way the corn prices are trading. Kind of give us your thoughts. We look at the cattle market today, which obviously took a dip. Kind of what's your thoughts? Well, when I look at these cattle prices out here, and when I started working with farmers in 1995, feeder cattle were 50 bucks. Now they're 260 bucks. And they're at all-time, all-time highs out here. And if you're not protecting those cattle, whether they're feeder cattle or fat cattle up here at the prices that they're at, I believe you're missing a big marketing opportunity. Now, I don't advocate selling futures to lock in these margins, but I would advocate buying a put option. They're not cheap. A cattle, fat cattle option is going to be 4 bucks. A feeder cattle option is going to be 4.50 or $5. But look at what it's protecting out here. And we all know if we've been around long enough that something always happens in the cattle market that we don't like for whatever reason. And, you know, we could certainly name a few that everybody knows, but we don't know what that black swan is. So at these prices, 
would I be protecting those prices, these record high prices, with a put option? You bet. And if the market goes considerably higher, if we go to $300 feeder cattle, great. You'll lose $5 on the put, and you'll sell your cattle 40, 40 bucks higher. You can live with that. So in my opinion, I believe it's a great time to be looking at protecting these cattle prices. As we get ready to ramp it up, uh, what's, what's the one thing you want folks to be looking at headed into the rest of this trading week? Well, I think for the rest of the week, we'll see what the export sales are tomorrow. I think we're going to start seeing an uptick in the weekly sales out here. And I think overall, in the next two weeks, we should be making some lows in the corn and the beans. And I think that may be a good time to look at reowning your sales with call options. Wonderful, Mark. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you guys? Then give us a call, one eight seven seven tt hedge Wonderful. Mark Gold has been joining us here at Husker Harvest Days as we move from our booth over to the Fontenelle tent at the show. We'll be back here again tomorrow as we continue with the Fontenelle Final Bell. On a side note, next Monday, the Fontenelle Final Bell will have a new name as Fontenelle has opened a new channel, shall we say, and they will be called the Channel Final Bell. We'll have more details coming up on that. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.